gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 78, which is entitled Accountability. I'm your host, G2, and before I get into the topics, I want to get off to the National Food Days of the Week. Today, being June the 12th, it is Peanut Butter Cookie Day as well as Falafel Day. Then we will have on June 14th, since there is no June 13th, June 14th is Strawberry Shortcake Day. June 15th is Lobster Day. June 16th, Fudge Day. June 17th, Cherry Tart Day. And also Apple Strudel Day, or Apple Strudel, it's all depending on how you want to pronounce that. And that's it. There's nothing for June 18th. Um, the reason why I titled this episode Accountability is because I looked through certain things this week, and I experienced certain things this week that I don't think people understand that we all escape accountability on certain things. Certain things we need to be held accountable for, certain things we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and just basically say, yep, I did that. Or whenever somebody asks you a question, you, you need to uh, announce that you did it and just take the consequences that come into actions with it. It's just weird how as a kid, you're taught in the way of if you did something, you got to face up to your uh, problems. You got to face up to what you did. And as you grow older, teenagers and more or less adults will try to find the little gray areas to make it okay for what you've done okay for an example um you cheat on a test okay teacher catch you cheating and you are now about to go down now you got to throw out somebody else that did it well he did it too no dude you gotta take it for yourself you did that you got to own up to what you've done you can't just Try to throw somebody else under the bus with you. That's not holding yourself accountable. That's called trying to pass the bus to somebody else. When you become older, once you start becoming an adult, you try to find those gray areas to make it okay for what you've done. It's not. You got to hold yourself accountable. You got to man up or woman up or whatever you want or ever you identify as. You got to measure up to your... You got to measure up to your morality. You got to measure up to your conscience. You got to measure up to you because guess what? You're the only person. You're the only person in this life that's going to know what you've done. And sometimes people are going to see what you've done and they're going to hold you accountable for it. But you, at the end of the day, you are accountable for yourself. Nobody else. So for you to at least sleep peacefully at night and know that you've done everything that you were supposed to do and you have basically... How do I say this? Knowing that you have accepted the responsibility for what you have done, that makes you who you are. That sets you apart from a lot of people because a lot of people don't uh, hold themselves accountable. That's that's just my whole thing. Sorry to go on a rant about accountability. I think everybody knows what the word is. But I think that as we grow older, we as adults and people that are growing into adults, we forget to hold ourselves accountable. So I'm just here to throw out a couple topics here that people need to understand that, hey, these people need to hold themselves accountable for what they've done. And the first thing I want to throw out to everybody is um, 
a terrible accident that happened on um, Thursday. It's reported from Associated Press. Authorities said that three are dead, trooper wounded in Maryland shooting. An employee opened fire at a manufacturing business in rural western Maryland on Thursday, killing three co-workers before the suspect and a state trooper were wounded in a shootout, authorities said. Washington County Sheriff Doug Mullinder said that three victims were found dead at Columbia Machine Incorporated in Smithsburg and a fourth victim was critically injured. The sheriff said at a news conference that the victims and suspects were all employees at the facility. The suspect fled in a vehicle before authorities arrived at the scene and was tracked down by Maryland State Police. Doug said the suspect was a 42-year-old man but declined to release his name while the criminal charges were being prepared. The sheriff identified those killed in the shooting as Mark Allen Fry, 50 years old, Charles Edward McNick Jr., 31, and Joshua Robert Wallace, 30. There was a wounded victim as well in this. Uh, the wounded victim's name was Brandon Chase Michael, who's 42. Uh, the Maryland State Police lieutenant said that three troopers encountered the suspect's vehicle and that he opened fire when troopers made a traffic stop. Troopers returned fire, wounding the suspect. Doug said the wounded trooper is doing well and that the suspect was being treated Thursday night. Authorities declined to release a motive. We're still working with the sheriff's office on what happened and why it escalated, Doug told reporters. Doug said the suspect used a semi-automatic handgun which was recovered after the shootout. He declined to specify the caliber or model. So I want to say uh, rest in peace to those three uh, men that lost their lives that night. And again, I don't understand something. Why, oh God, why are we going to shoot up places? I mean, let me say this. He was at his job. So, I mean, everybody that was there, they all were workers. The victims that were killed, the shooter, he was a employee there. They all were employees of this exact same company. So I can see that the company's probably going to get sued because that's usually how uh, things of this magnitude kind of happens. But why are you going to shoot somebody at your job? It just doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense if you shoot somebody in the streets. That's the only way I ever will allow anything, if I'm going to be honest with you. Here's my conditions if you're going to shoot somebody. You shoot somebody in the streets or that's it. You don't shoot somebody at a bakery. You don't shoot somebody at a church. You don't shoot somebody in a movie theater. You don't shoot somebody uh, in a schoolhouse. You don't shoot somebody uh, at a working office. That that makes no sense because you're shooting at other people, not your intended target. That's just my whole thing. If you are going to shoot somebody, you got to shoot at your target. That's always been my thing. One, I don't want people to do that. I'm just stating since we live in a reality-based situation, if you're going to shoot somebody, which, again, I don't, I do not, and I can't stress this enough, I do not want people to do that, you are going to go after your target, not bystanders. That is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, I'm going to shoot up bystanders in the, in the mix of trying to get to my target. That, no, 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 I'm not with it. In a semi-automatic handgun, I had no idea what a semi-automatic was. I had to Google that just to look up to see what it was. And I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, they're talking about a regular handgun here. So this was the first one that I've seen in a minute, somebody just killing people with a regular handgun, not uh, big machine guns or AR, like AR-15s or like shotguns. This, this one was with a handgun. 
I will say this. We're not going to get gun control here, ladies and gentlemen. It's always, <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a long minute. Like I said, these kids died in Uvalde, Texas. We had uh, Sandy Hook. We had a whole lot of other issues. We're not going to get gun control. It's all up to uh, your state's governors and your state's people to try to put some type of uh, law in place for your state. Because as a nation, we're not going to agree all at all. As one nation, we're not going to agree in the whole how should gun stuff be situated. That's what New York governor did. They decided to take uh, matters into their own hands, as was reported by Reuters right here. As it says, New York governor signs new curb on guns in the wake of mass shootings. Uh, this happened this week. New York governor Kathy Hochul on Monday signed a pack of 10 gun control bills into law settling new limits on buying assault-style weapons and body armor, among other measures, in the wake of mass shootings in Buffalo and Texas. The legislation passed on Thursday by the state legislator raises the age required to buy or possess a semi-automatic rifle from 18 to 21. New York already requires people to be 21 to possess a handgun. The bill was signed by the Democratic governor after 10 people were slain last month at a supermarket in western New York City of Buffalo by an 18-year-old with a semi-automatic rifle. Days after the massacre, another 18-year-old fatally shot 19 students and two teachers at the school in Uvalde, Texas. She said that we cannot continue to live like this. This is a moral moment for the people of New York, but also the rest of the nation, said Kathy. Follow what we did here in New York and we'll finally start to be at the beginning of the end of all these gun violence and the massacres that are occurring every day in our country. Another law signed by Kathy restricts the purchase of bullet-resistant vests and body armor to law enforcement or related professions. The package also requires social media companies operating in New York to adapt transparent policies on how they respond to hate speech on their platforms. Okay, cool. So it also did state that New York now joins a handful of states, including Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, Vermont and Washington that require buyers to be at least 21 to buy some of those long guns. Uh, media accounts say similar legislation has been proposed in Utah. It says California attempts to raise the legal buying age for the semi-automatic weapons has been challenged in court. So California, they're having their challenge right now. New York is trying to get that passed along, and I'm cool with that because you know what? I've come to my senses, and I've not senses in like, oh my god, this is a thing. No. I come to reality base here. Semi-automatic weapons aren't going to be going anywhere. People that are not uh, police officers or people that are not military, they're going to constantly have their semi-automatics. They're going to have these big uh, assault weapons, no matter what, whether they're uh, just shooting for sport, as in shooting for deer in certain instances down where I live at, or um, in certain places, they just go to gun ranges and sh bring their own semi-automatic and start shooting up there, or whatever the case may have you. Um, these assault weapons are still going to be used by regular civilians. So, amen. If we can raise up the legal age from 18 to 21, that is great. It's just weird to me how in New York, the semi-automatic rifle and all those semi-automatics, you were able to buy those at the age of 18, while New York, they said in this article right here that they require people to be 21 to possess of a handgun. So you were able to allow your civilians that were 18 or just being freshly christened, christened sorry, 18-year-olds to buy a 
semi-automatic weapon, but you had to be 21 to purchase a handgun. See, that's what I'm saying. Accountability. I think they're trying to fix their mistakes now, and that's what they're trying to do here, and I'm cool with that as long as they acknowledge what they've done, and by having this type of bill, at least tell me that they acknowledge it. I just hope that states can follow up with this, and this thing actually does pass, because this, in my opinion, I think would be great, because no 18-year-old should be having a semi-automatic weapon at their disposal at all. I don't think that at all. Um, That's just my personal opinion on that. Now onto another situation. This is coming from Associated Press. Michigan officer charged with murder in the Loyola shooting. A prosecutor filed a second-degree murder charge Thursday against a Michigan police officer who killed Patrick Loyola, a black man who was on the ground when he was shot in the back of the head following a traffic stop captured on a bystander's phone. Kent County Prosecutor Chris Becker announced his decision against Grand Rapids police officer Christopher Sheriff who killed Leoya Menace after a traffic stop on April 4th. Video from a passenger in the car captured the final chilling moments. Christopher fired the fatal shot while Leoya was on the ground, demanding that the 26-year-old refugee from Congo let go of the officer's taser. The death was not justified or excused, for example, by self-defense, the prosecutor said, reciting the elements of second-degree murder. Christopher, who is white, told Leoya that he stopped his car because the license plate didn't match the vehicle. Roughly a minute later, Leoya began to run after he was asked to produce a driver's license. Christopher called him quickly, and the two struggled across a front lawn in the rain before the fatal shot. Defense lawyers said the shooting was not murder, but an unfortunate tragedy during a volatile situation. Mr. Leoya gained full control of a police officer's weapon, while resisting arrest, placing Officer Christopher in fear of great bodily harm or death, Matt Borgula, Borgula and Mark Dodge said in a written statement. So that must be his lawyers right there. I can't say homeboy's last name at all. That is a funky last name. Anyway, uh, Grand Rapids Police Chief Eric Windstorm said he would recommend Christopher be fired, though he is entitled to a hearing and the ultimate decision will be up to the city manager. Christopher has since been on leave since the shooting. Okay, so he's been on leave, and now we just got to wait for what's up, what's going to happen here. Uh, As I'm going, do I see a date for this? I don't see they have a date up here for his trial date to be set up yet. Only thing I do know is that they charged him with second degree uh, murder here, and we're going to see what happens. Again, I still am on the fact that if you're chasing after somebody, why don't you just tase them? Shoot them with your taser or something, bud. You ain't got to shoot them. If you do shoot them, shoot them in the foot or, like, in the leg or somewhere. But don't shoot them. Shoot them. Like, give them a nice little graze. Shoot it at their feet or something. Let them know that you are equipped to shoot them at a spot that, yo, know, they're feel for their life. Because I guarantee you, if they get shot at and they feel that that bullet's coming close, they're at least either one going to stop or either two run faster. And if they run faster, hey, man, you just lost that one. Let them go. And if they stop, there you go. You have your opportunity to get them, uh, arrest them, and do your job, what police officers are technically supposed to do. But first and foremost, you have a taser, you have a taser gun, shoot your taser gun at them and just shock them for the love of God. It ain't that hard to do. It's not. It's just weird to me, again, how officers constantly just want to go for the gun, like the gun that shoots bullets as the first thing. You guys got other weapons on you, and you guys go for the gun off rip. It makes no sense to me. But again... Uh, we shall see what happens there. I'll be keeping you guys in touch whenever I do find out about uh, 
the date of whenever this whole uh, debacle is going to be going down. And here's one thing that took over, well, my Thursday night to a degree. Um, the January 6th primetime hearings. Um, I was able to see what I could see. A lot of it, they were talking in jargon and all that type of stuff. But Yahoo News was able to break down uh, some things for me. And it says right here, the four key takeaways that you need to take away from uh, the situation. Uh, here's some shocking revelation. Liz Cheney revealed Trump had a uh, psychopathic seven-part plan to overtake the presidential election and prevent the transfer of presidential power. She said during the upcoming hearings, you will see evidence of each element of his plan. Cheney also said that future hearings would feature testimony from Trump cabinet members discussing the possibility of invoking the 25th Amendment and replacing the president of the United States. Cheney also revealed new details about the White House riot well, response to the riot, including a video clip of the deposition given by Governor Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Milley told House investigators that it was then-Vice President Mike Pence who gave the order to send National Guard's troops to respond to the violence at the Capitol on January 6th, but that the White House instructed him to say that Trump made the call. In one of the most highly anticipated moments of the hearing, the Committee showed a clip of its interview with Trump's daughter and former White House advisor Ivanka Trump, in which she says she accepted her father's defeat in the 2020 election. I respect Attorney Governor Barr, so I accept what he was saying, she said. Cheney said that the committee has obtained evidence that in the wake of January 6th, multiple Republican members of Congress, including Representative Scott Perry, pursued pardons from the outgoing president. It was revealed that in the weeks before January 6th, Trump met with Governor Michael Flynn, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, and others at the White House alone for a period of time before White House lawyers and other staffs discovered the group was there and rushed to intervene. According to Cheney, after this meeting was when Trump tweeted to supporters of January 6th, be there, we'll be wild. Okay, so here's my thing with all this situation, all right? I didn't see all this type of stuff because this thing was a long situation. What I did happen to see was that they showed video of, they showed like a compilation video of Proud Boy leaders uh, leading some people going into the White House and everybody else, which we all basically saw from our own televisions, but we saw from like uh, personal view shots and also of drone shots up in the air of people busting in the white uh the capitol and trying to search for things we heard people yell for nancy you heard people uh chant uh hang mike pence you heard all this type of stuff that was played on uh in the hearings and after that i was like all right what more do we need to know we all know what they were there for we all get why they were there it just doesn't make any sense why we're having hearings for it i mean we're having hearings for to see if we can charge former President Trump with this type of situation. I mean, you more or less could, let's be honest with you. Because he was there, he could have told him to go home and anything else, and they could have just not listened to him, and he could easily been like, well, I tried. And that could have been literally it. That could have been his literal saving grace, but he did not do that. So, I mean, I mean, this is the reason I believe while we're really doing this whole thing to see if we can actually get former president trump on some type of uh charges for treason to the country or something like that but anyway this hearing was like the first hearing in a hearing of seven from what i'm seeing from deadline.com because they have it like uh deadline has this hearing schedules set up and they have like the dates for some of them like the second hearing will be on june 13th 
And that hearing is supposed to be aimed at showing Trump engaged in massive uh, effort to spread false and fraudulent information, despite the fact that he knew that he lost the election. Uh, hearing third, the third hearing will supposed to be on June 15th. It will target Trump's alleged plot to influence and replace the U.S. Attorney General in order to further false, to further push his false election claims. The fourth hearing, they don't have a date for that, is intended to outline Trump's effort to pressure Vice President Mike Pence to stop the electoral count. June 21st is supposed to be the fifth hearing, which I'm surprised they got that one set up. But anyway, we'll trace the then president's alleged efforts to undilly influence state legislators and election officials. And the last hearings, hearings six and seven, are meant to detail how Trump summoned a violent mob and directed them illegally to march on the U.S. Capitol and how he failed to act to stop those same people as they intended to invade the Capitol building. No date is yet set for those proceedings. See, and by the way, when these hearings are being called, like the uh, second hearing, uh, former Fox News staff staffer Chris Sturwalt will testify June 15th. They'll have more people testifying. Um, hearing four, the fourth hearing, another person will be testifying, a former chief counsel to the vice president. See, they got a lot of people testifying here, so I feel that we're going to get a whole new spree of this for the next legitimate month here. This month is going to be nothing but, all right, let's see what happened. Are we going to be able to charge Trump with something? Are we not going to be able to charge him with anything? This is basically what I think we're getting at here. And... Yes, you can charge him with any situation. You could charge him because let me state this right now. If a mob boss happens to send his, well, workers to beat up somebody or happen to kill somebody, you guys will take out the little fishes, but you're going after the big fish. That's exactly what you do in that situation. And this is exactly what I see that the government's trying to do with Trump, but they're trying to do it in the legal way and all this type of stuff. Can we get him? Can't we get him? You guys know you can get him. This is nothing but... Uh, show and tell for everybody. Here's the evidence that we got. Here's everything. Here's to make the public turn their backs onto Trump, in which I never personally cared for Trump as president at all. I never really paid him no attention. The only thing I paid attention was whenever he got and did some stupid. I was like, okay, he's being stupid again. That's the only thing I got for like this whole January 6th hearings. I'll be looking at it. I'll be taking some type of notes. And if I don't, I'll be looking at the highlights of it to see what I can seeing what I can uh, piece together, but I just see this whole thing as nothing, but here's what we got, here's what's happened, here's what we've been looking into, but ultimately, I see that we're going to be charging Trump with some type of uh, treason to the country or something like that. That's what I think we can go with this. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Um, On to another thing. This comes from USA Today as three abortion activists stripped to underwear in protest during Joel Oystein's church service. Uh, the three abortion activists stripped down to the underwear in protest to in interrupt a Sunday service at Pastor Joel Oystein's Texas megachurch. After Oystein had finished leading a prayer and his congregation began to sat down, the woman stood up and began chanting, My body, my expletive choice my effing choice two of the women removed their dresses with one shouting overturn row hell no the video footage of the protest quickly went viral over twitter and the 11 a.m service live stream has since been taken down the activists a trio from texas rise up for abortion rights were wearing white 
sports bras with green handprints on them to symbolize the color representing the pro-choice movement. Security promptly escorted the three women out of the church as many congregation members began to cheer at their dismissal. The women said they opted to protest in Osteen's megachurch, which draws upwards of 50,000 people regularly, arguing that anti-abortion protesters show up in their safe spaces, doctor's office, and clinics to make them feel uncomfortable. I know it seems very outrageous to do it in a church, in a private space, activist Julianne Erdika told local Houston television station KPRC2 of the protests, which continued outside the Lakewood church afterwards. However, the people who are encouraging those laws have no qualms coming up to women in private spaces such as doctor offices and medical clinics to harass them and call them murderers. See, I... You know what? She's right, because you know what? We've seen that in television. We've seen that in movies, and I've said this multiple times here. Televisions and movies, they take from real-life experiences of people, and they happen to show it to the world on your screens. So for her to do that, for them to do that in a church where, again, it's another sacred place for people to go there to listen to somebody tell them what they're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to go up to a higher power God in certain churches, certain people is, certain churches are their higher power. You get the drift from getting there. For them to be there and do this activist stuff, they're trying to make those people feel uncomfortable as much as the people that are not for abortions make people that are going for abortions feel uncomfortable at the doctor's office and at these places. So I, in this case, I have no problem with her going up there to do that, with the activists technically going up there to do that. I'm glad they didn't put hands on nobody. Let me put it like that. I'm glad they didn't put hands on nobody. I'm glad that these women were all just like escorted out and nothing like terribly happened to them. But they're all just trying to make people understand that their body, their choice, and that still goes back to the Roe v. Wade thing, especially with Supreme Court still looking into that now. And that's crazy how we still haven't got a uh, decision on that. They probably are tight-lipped and they probably already had their decision already made up for it. But there is still no official... Uh, ruling on will they overturn it or will they keep Roe v. Wade the same? Again, I've stated this before. You have to keep everything the same for women. Women are going to make up their own minds for their own bodies. If they're pregnant, they'll decide whether they keep it or not. That's not on a man. That's not on nobody else. That's not on government to uh, make that decision on them. Leave them alone. Leave pregnant people alone. If they decide to keep it, they keep it. If they don't, they don't. You don't question it, you leave it be, because there's a lot of children right now in orphanages that don't have a mother or father that were probably born out of tragic situations. The parents couldn't keep up, and they had to give their child away, or the the child is born out of a bad situation, meaning somebody probably got molested, raped, you get the drift, and the mother can't deal with the trauma of looking at the child that was born and made out of that, and they had to give up the child, or whatever the case may have you, you got to leave women alone. If they get pregnant, hey, yo, let that be. You got to let them decide if they're going to keep it or not. You got to let it go. Stop it. Okay? I hope Roe v. Wade still stays the same. Let women be able to have their choice. That's all I'm trying to say as a man. Again, to further reiterate, I have no problem with them doing this at Joe Orsi's church. I'm just, <laughs> you know what? If I'm going to be truly honest with you, you're not going to see them pull that crap off at a TDJ church. That is, that's crazy funny. A white church, and that's nothing but white 
civilians, white women doing that. You're not going to see black women do that at a black church. I'm just going to keep it a buck with you. My God, that is funny. I literally have to stop right now and think about it. Like, why didn't they do that at a T.D. Jakes church? I mean, Joe Osteen's big, but like T.D. Jakes is the black community. That holds a lot of weight and all that type of stuff. Yeah, you. they probably would have got like yelled at everything else. Probably called like heifers and, and like not even saying Tramp because not that, or Jezebel. That's an old one I haven't heard in a long time. But it's just funny to me how Joel Osteen and T.D. Jakes are both two of the biggest uh, church heads in the uh, gospel, churchy, church type of community here. They're the two biggest, like, motivational speakers or pastors or whatever you want to call them. And Joel Osteen, he gets hit with this type of situation where people going up there and making a little bit of a ruckus at his church, T.D. Jake's church. I didn't see or hear about none of that. So that's just a funny thing to me because black people, we don't play around with uh, church situations. Either you're there to listen to the word or either you're there to play music and get out. I mean, that's about it. We ain't there for the whole. Uh, we're not there for trying to get your activist type of stuff off. So, I mean, that's just my thing. That's just another difference of how you see a white and a black situation. That just made me think about that. It was real funny to me at the time and still now. Now, on to something else uh, that I didn't, and I mean this sincerely, I did not keep in contact with and I didn't pay attention to, but I kind of knew about it was uh, the Todd and Julie Chrissy's uh, situation. And this comes from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Reality stars Todd and Julie Chrissy guilty on all counts in federal tax evasion trial. Reality stars and former Georgia residents Todd and Julie Chrissy were found guilty on all counts of bank fraud and tax evasion by a federal jury Tuesday in downtown Atlanta. The jury began deliberating on Friday afternoon and returned the verdict on Tuesday afternoon. Sentencing is set for Thursday, October 6th at 9.30 a.m. The Chrissies could face up to 30 years in prison. The trial began three weeks as today's outcome shows when you lie, cheat, and steal, justice is blind as to your fame, your fortune, and your position, said Carrie Farley, special agent in charge of FBI Atlanta, in a press release from the U.S. Attorney's Office. In the end, when driven by greed, the verdict of guilty on all counts for these three defendants provides once again that federal crimes do not pay. The couple released a statement through their attorney, disappointed in the verdict, and appeal is planned. Of course, appeal is planned. Uh, they will go on to explain what the deal was about. Federal prosecutors who indicted the Christie Knows Best couple in 2019 said the Christie's deliberately swindled at least $30 million from community banks from 2007 to 2012 by inflating their net worth to get loans, purposely targeting smaller banks that did less due diligence than larger ones. Then Todd Chrisley filed for bankruptcy in 2012, erasing $20 million in loan debt. Prosecuting attorney Annalise Peters alleged they then actively hid millions they made from the reality show, which began in 2014, as well as $500,000 in taxes Todd owed in 2019. They alleged that the couple actively evaded taxes going back to 2019. J.C.'s Productions, a company that the Christie's created after the reality show began was entirely under Julie's name, Peter said, so the F IRS couldn't access income to reduce the 500000 Todd owned from 2019. The Christie's were living in Metro Atlanta during most of the alleged 
illegal activity, but moved to Nashville in 2016. Bruce H. Morris, an attorney representing Todd Christie, said in his opening statement that the Christie's were victims of a man named Mark Braddock, who oversaw his company. Christie assessed management and did all the defunding without the couple's knowledge until they fired him in 2012. Braddock then went to the U.S. Attorney's Office and received federal immunity in exchange for evidence against the Christie's, he said. U.S. District Judge Eleanor Rose allowed the Christie's to remain free on bond but placed them on local monitoring and home detention. They can only depart the home for specific reasons such as work, medical appointments, and court appearances and must alert probation officers of any spending more than $1,000 according to the court order. So let me break this down in layman's terms, a.k.a. the Christie's stole money. They stole money up to $30 million from banks, smaller banks, not bigger banks. That's how they got their money from twenty-seven from 2007 to 2012 by basically saying that, hey, yo, we're worth this much, so we should be getting this from you, loaning it, or whatever the crap, that kind of loaning possibilities work. And then in 2012, Todd erased his $20 million in loan by going bankrupt. IRS wasn't playing that, so they ended up catching them because they got tip from uh, a guy that this Mark Braddock, the guy that the Chrissy's uh, hired, and then they end up firing him in 2012. Then, and then he went to the feds and basically snitched and told everything. So that's how the Chrissy's are basically in the situation that they're in, and they were found guilty because apparently paperwork, and you got the snitch himself to tell you everything where the dead bodies are laid at. So I'll, let me say this again to you. I will never, ever understand and I mean this, I will never understand why people want this fame and fortune, all this type of stuff. Hey, people, notice me here, here, here. If you were doing something illegal, I will say this again. If you are doing something illegal, stay your dumb off <laughs> offline. Stay offline. Just stay off the grid. Create a dummy account if you want to do it. Don't be an idiot. Don't go out for TV uh, situation. Don't go out for trying to be a fame and fortune type person. No, no, no. You are getting away already with $30 million. Don't you think that's kind of enough and you could kind of swindle a little bit more and then try to backtrack and try to pay off whatever the crap you want to do? There's a lot of con artists out here right now that got mad money. And I mean mad money that the IRS and FBI probably already know, but they're not going after them like that because you're not making them feel like an idiot by them seeing you living good on your social media accounts or on television. Hmm. So again, if you are doing something illegally, like frauding bank accounts or taking people's money, stay your butt off television. I think you've seen that enough with the Desperate Housewives situation still that's still going on with, uh, God, what's her name, Erica Jane and her husband, or former husband, they're still going through that situation right now, because he took his clients, uh, money, he was a lawyer, was a lawyer, I think he got disbarred, think, I don't know yet, I'm not fact-checking it at the moment, but I think that he got disbarred, either way, he took his clients' money, and they froze all his assets, they froze his, uh, law firm's assets, so they're kind of kaput right now, and there you go. I mean, going back to Teresa Judice, her husband, Joe, he did certain things and she put her name on paperwork. They got homeboy for that and they got them both. I mean, if you're doing something illegally, why do you want to be on television? 
Why do you want to be on social media? Why would you want to do that? You have what people want. You have the money. You mean to tell me, I just, it just really hit me. Fame, money, fortune, that's usually the three things that what people want typically in life. The money people want, that's a given because you got to buy things. The fame, so people all will know you. And the fortune, fortunes to go down and leave and down to your generation after you and the generation after them and leaving it down to them. So, I don't know what you expect out of this. I don't know what you were trying to get out of this situation. Yeah, you were on television from 2014. You're still on television now. The USA Networks has not cut y'all deal off. They still got you guys on television right now. Um, It's just weird how you guys and how people that are on TV will want to be on television knowing that you're doing something illegally. That is the dumbest thing on God's mean green earth. If I were to swindle $30 million, I'm laying low. I'm staying low, low. Nobody's going to know where I'm at. Nobody's going to know where my family's at. Nobody's going to know nothing. Because you're not going to get this money out of me that took me hard brain power in months to line up to snag and steal from you to now me walk up on your television and say, hey, here's my name. My name is Bomb Bomb. Here's my family. Here's who we are. And here's where we live. Hold on. Wait a minute. You were taking money from these people, and now you're showing up and just, no, you're an idiot. You are an idiot. I don't know what to tell you. You had a rat that told your business to the feds, and once feds come in, it's a done case. Chrissy's, I don't know what to tell you, but I don't know what to tell y'all at all. Chris Lee, sorry, not Chrissy's, but the Chris Lee's. I don't know what to tell y'all at all, bud. You guys got you guys got to put your uh, affairs in orders. You guys got until literally October and it's only June, so you got July, August, September. You got literally three and a half months to get your uh, affairs in order. So take care of what you can take care of. And uh, anybody that's going to try to go out to be a reality star or try to be a social media influencer, think about what you're doing. First and foremost, are you doing anything illegally? If you are, don't think about it. If you're not doing anything illegally, okay, think about this. Do you know anybody that's doing anything illegally? And if you do, don't do it, because guess what? Feds and everybody else, they look into your history, they look into who you're associated with, and then guess what? They start tagging up people as well. Just want to throw that out there to you, too. So you might not be doing it illegally, but somebody in your household might be, or somebody in your uh, inner circle might be. So just, again, think about what you're doing if you happen to do something illegally. Don't try to be a social media uh, fame person, and don't try to be on television. That's all I'm just trying to get out here. Please, I'm tired of seeing people be dummies. I mean, be masterminds that stealing money. I mean, masterminds, 30 mil? In 20, in 2007? In 2012? Dog, come on, that's masterful. That's chef's kiss. For real, I ain't even gonna try to hold nobody. That's chef's kiss, but then to be on television? Oh, you're an idiot. You are Poindexter idiot. I mean, swear to God. Uh, off to another uh, topic here. This one comes from the Associated Press. Mexican megachurch leader gets more than 16 years for abuse. The leader of the Mexican megachurch, La Luez del Mondo, was sentenced Wednesday to more than 16 years, 16, not 60, in a California prison for sexually abusing young female followers who said he made them his sex slaves. That's disgusting. Nizan Joaquin Garcia, 53, abruptly pleaded guilty last week in Los Angeles Superior Court to three felonies on the eve of a long-awaited trial. 
Prosecutor said Garcia, who is considered the apostle of Jesus Christ by his 5 million worldwide followers, used his spiritual sway to have sex with girls and young women who were told it would lead to their salvation or damnation if they refused. I never cease to be amazed at what people do in the name of religion, how many people's lives are ruined in the in the gusts of a supreme being, said Judge Ronald Cohen, who called Garcia a sexual predator. The sentence came after nearly three hours of emotional statements by five young women Garcia was charged with sexually abusing. They had once been his most devoted servants, but in court they called him evil and a monster disgusting human waste, and the Antichrist. I worshiped my abuser, said a woman identified as Jane Doe number four, and said she was his niece. He used me over and over like a sacrificial lamb taken to the slaughter. Garcia, dressed in orange jail scrubs and wearing a surgical mask, pulled down his glasses, didn't turn to face the woman. He sat upright and looked straight, straight ahead with his hands shackled at his waist as he followed along with the proceedings listening through earphones to a Spanish interpreter. Garcia pleaded guilty Friday to two counts of forcible oral copulation involving minors and one count of a lewd act upon a child who was 15. In exchange, prosecutors dropped 16 counts that included allegations of raping children and women as well as human trafficking to produce child pornography. The victims objected to the plea deal, saying they only learned about it at the last minute and were not consulted. They implored Cohen to impose a stiffer sentence, but he said his hands were tied by the agreement. The world has heard you, he told the weeping Jane Doe's and their supporters. I promise you that. See, that is nasty. That is disgusting. Oh, my God. We, as a justice system, we will do anything for a win. You guys have everything. You guys literally have everything. You guys, what, what are we doing? You guys gave up. <laughs> you guys gave up 16 counts of pimp allegations of raping children and other women and also human sex trafficking to produce child pornography. You guys gave up those situations, right? You gave up those for him to say that he agrees to abusing, sexually abusing his young female following. And he's only up for 16 years. Oh, this man should be buried underneath the ground, underneath the jail. I don't have time for people that use. Let me calm down. I don't have time for people that use spirituality as their key to messing around with people. You don't understand people's ability and the people's mindsets they always look to a higher being they always look to their spiritual guidance they always look to these people and you as a person that is quote-unquote this higher being that's one that's close close earned in the regular person with god or whoever you believe in you're supposed to be leading them down a right path not a path of you just abusing them and using them you told them for salvation to have sex, and if you don't, you'll be sentenced to damnation. What the hell are we doing? What are we doing? This man should be castrated. This man should literally be shot in the head. This man needs to be beaten and molested all inside a jail cell. What are, what are we doing? Seriously, what are we doing as people? This is one reason why I like law-abiding citizens so much. 
If you haven't seen it, it's a good movie. Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is the DA, and Gerard Butler's at the beginning of the movie, you see his wife and his child basically killed and raped. You don't see the raping, but you hear yelling and screaming. And you see Gerard Butler basically go out because he got beat up and he had to tie and watch all that crap happen. Fast forward to after the scenes happen, about probably 10 minutes into the movie, you see Gerard Butler literally sitting in the courthouse and he has to sit there and watch as one of his daughter and wife's abusers go in jail. Well, get a license because he had a plea deal, so he turned on his other person that was there with him. Gerard Butler basically snapped mentally, and he took action. He ends up killing the two guys, and he did it real, real heinously. Good for him. And then he ends up turning on the legal system, and basically he outwits them to the point that he ends up going to jail and basically making them play his own game. And in the end, he ends up dying, which I still think that is the worst movie ending. You had a great movie. You built it up so high. And then to the end crescendo, he dies. The actual good guy of the movie dies. Anyway, if you haven't seen Law Abiding Citizen, I applaud you and I really applore you. Please see it. This is what making me with this right here. This guy is a nasty, this false prophet, this false ilk is here, and he gets off with 16 years, where in, re in reality, he should be, be beaten to death? Are you kidding me? I hope people in jail beat this guy to death. I do. I don't care. Let, th let this get over there. Seriously. I hope this guy literally gets beaten to death. Because I don't like people using spirituality to get to people. I hate that. That is one of my things. That's why I don't like people having the whole biblical talk with me. And they try to throw Bible scripture into me. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that because guess what? I got a lot of questions about the Bible and I don't think people can answer that, to be honest. But you don't use being a person closer, and I put that in quotations here, to God as a way to talk to people and try to build and try to gain that trust. Spirituality, people are really, really sensitive about their spirituality. They try to do everything right because they all look up to a higher being. And for this guy to abuse this and do this, and he only gets off with 16 years because he cuts a plea deal, that is disgusting. It's deplorable. It is heinous. I'm glad these women spoke up and they said something about this nasty heathen, this bastard. I am so glad, seriously, but I hope that this guy doesn't get to live a year in jail. I hope he gets beaten. I mean, beaten mercilessly by people in there. I really do. This is, this person I have so much disdain for. I have disdain for people like this. I truly, and I mean truly do. And the justice system, they failed on this one. Yeah, sure. They got a plea deal. He gets 16 years. Uh, but no, you guys failed. In all honesty, you guys failed on this one. Like for real. You guys should have let this thing played out right in court and let this man's whole situation get played out. And then guess what? You at least can say, well, we played it out to the fullest extent. We laid everything on the table and allowed the rest of the world and allowed your congregation, and I put that in quotation marks, to see what type of monster you are, to allow the community to see what type of monster you truly are. So then everybody can at least say, well, this is who he is. This is what he was. And now we at least can say we did everything in our power for him to at least get a lot of time in jail instead of just cutting a plea deal with him for 16 years. That is, that's just wild. Again, accountability, government system, 
you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta stand by that. You guys really really uh, screwed the pooch on that one. Now onto another one. Uh, this comes from New York Post. Stanford lawyer professor mocks desperate Johnny Depp lawyer Camille Vasquez in tweets. A Stanford law professor has been blasted for writing offensive and disparaging tweets about Johnny Depp's lawyer Camille Vasquez. Michelle Dauber took to Twitter last Thursday sharing a screenshot of Vasquez and accusing the superstar attorney of sucking up to male power. Of all the women who suck up to male power, women lawyers are the absolute worst of the bunch. Michelle wrote, desperate to prove they are real lawyers and understanding that being a woman undermines their, uh, their identity as lawyers, they throw women under the bus as hard and as fast as they can. The Post has reached out to Michelle and Stanford Law School for comment. During Johnny Depp's blockbuster defamation trial against ex-wife Amber Heard, Camille became a household name. Footage of the glamorous lawyer grilling Heard on the stand, calling her a liar, and defending Depp against claims of abuse went viral on social media. However, Michelle, who teaches at the prestigious Stanford Law School, clearly found Velasquez's performance persuasive, tweeting out her scorching criticisms last Thursday. The professor was promptly criticized for harsh words about Camille, with one follower replying, if your son was falsely accused of domestic violence, I bet you would love for that woman to help vindicate him. Michelle snapped back at the Twitter uh, user and said, if my son was accused of domestic violence, he would have a lot more to worry about than some pick-me girl lawyer. But that isn't going to happen because I didn't raise a effing rapist wife beater. Michelle also shared several other screenshots showing female lawyers pictured with male celebrities who has been accused of abuse, including Harvey Weinstein's defense attorney, Donna Rotuno. Many people objected to Michelle's inflammatory tweets, with several mocking the Stanford academic saying she seemed self-important. One person wrote, obviously, women need to get approval from Michelle before they decide who need who to represent. Michelle is the person who gets to decide all the choices for other women, apparently. Another person wrote, I'm sorry, Michelle. I thought we understood that everyone is entitled to quality counsel in the matters of the law. Unless you believe women can't provide quality counsel. Maybe that's what you're complaining about. Meanwhile, a British lawyer told the Daily Mail that Michelle's tweets regarding Camille could actually be defamatory. Ironic as Camille just helped Depp win his defamatory case. However, Michelle has doubled down on her tweets, which are still up on her Twitter page as of Thursday afternoon. The professor has repeatedly tweeted out the hashtag, hashtag I, spin, I stand with Amber Heard multiple times and says she received death threats after criticizing Camille on social media. Michelle tweeted her disdain for Depp over the course of the six weeks defamation trial, even hitting headlines for claiming Depp's famous inf, uh, film franchise Pirates of the Caribbean was racist. Oh my God, get it out of here, dog. Let me say this right now. Uh, she's upset. She's mad. And that's a whole lot of thing with people that stand with Amber Heard. I mean, you had Kathy Griffin, who was out like on some type of uh, podcast, or whoever she was on with. And she got mad that Johnny Depp uh, got vindicated. She was mad that uh, her friend Amber Heard wasn't believed. And here's my thing with this. Again, this is called accountability, ladies and gentlemen. She has to be aware of what she says to who she says it to. There's audio and there's recording. There's a video of these two literally having back and forth, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I'm not saying Johnny's all the way in the clear here. 
Okay, because he has admitted that him and Amber did get into to some certain situations. But I'm not going to say that Amber Heard is a victim. No, 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 not at all. Amber Heard is on video saying, yeah, I punch you, but I didn't punch you, punch you. I didn't punch you hard. Stop acting like a baby. My, my G. And then she has the gall and the entitledness to say, go to the press, go to whoever you want to go to. Tell them, let's see if they believe you or they believe me. What type of person says that if you are being abused? That is a line that an abuser will say to their victim. If you haven't gotten that through your thick skulls yet, flip that around. Say, if a man were to say that to a woman, what would you think about that? You would think that man is a complete dick. You would think he is an asshole off top. If that audio of that, of a man saying, hey, you can go ahead and tell the press, who are they going to believe, me or you? We will all hear that. We will all say, this guy is a complete, total dickhead. What are we doing? This guy is, that's exactly what happened with Amber Heard. Again, when Amber Heard first came out with her uh, situation, when she wrote about her being in a an a, uh, abuse situation, everybody was silent with Amber Heard. A lot of people dropped Donnie Depp. A lot of people, but Dior, Dior kept him. And ta-da, Dior ends up reaping the benefits of the rewards, or rather, they get the fruits of their labor of standing with Johnny Depp, because now their stuff is selling out every time they constantly throw it out there, so they're reaping the benefits from this. What more do you want? It's called being held accountable. Amber Heard needs to be held accountable for what she's done. That's all we're trying to say here, and for people that constantly say that they stand with Amber Heard and all this, all this type of stuff, you guys gotta look at your girl and say, she gotta be held accountable for that. She screwed up. She literally screwed up her situation and her chance to really just be this big time mega star because of throwing out saying that she was abused by Johnny Depp. That was her problem. No, no, my dear girl, you and Johnny were both hurting each other. You guys were in a hurt relationship and that's what happened. So that's all I'm trying to get at here. People that stand with her, you can stay with her all you want. Just know you're doing it not you're doing it real, real uh, stupidly. Let me just put it like that, okay? That's all I'm trying to say for this situation right here. If you stand with Amber Heard, cool and all, but just know that your girl needs to be held responsible for what she has done. That's all I'm trying to say here. Uh, One more thing before I do get out of here. I want to talk about Little Nas X and BET, okay? Earlier this week, Little Nas X would drop a snippet that would basically say, screw BET, screw ET, but basically F BET. And he's basically doing this because he wasn't nominated for a BET award. I understand you being upset about not being nominated for BET award, but here's where it tricks me right here. He tweeted out, this is not over, this not over now BET award. This is about the bigger problem of homophobia in the black community. Y'all can sit and pretend all you want, but I'm going to risk it all for us. Okay, here's my thing. You didn't get nominated, so you're upset. Okay, cool, fine. That's what every artist does whenever they feel that he should be nominated for something cool. Now you're trying to say the black community has a problem with homophobia. Let me say this again to you, little Nas X, and I want you to really listen to this real clear, real clearly for you, okay? And listen to me well. There's a show on HBO Max called Legendary. Now, if you don't know what Legendary is, I think I said this last year whenever I was talking about LGBT all in June. And by the way, this is LGBTQ month. Congratulations to you guys. I forgot to mention that uh, last week's episode. So again, I just want to say this here. Congratulations to you guys and congratulations to uh, everybody that's living out 
and being themselves and actually living their true who they actually are, whether it be their sexual identity, their ability to wear clothing, or ability just to just be whoever they are. Just congratulations to you all. I do want to uh, say that right here. But there's a show called Legendary, and that's nothing but people doing fashion or uh, movements of dancing house, if you will. It's like all the stuff that people would know on Pose. That's another show that consists of majority black people on that show, which was around on FX. I'm not sure if it's still around now. I think they were supposed to have one more season and they were done. But anyway, Legendary is a show mainly consists of a lot of black people on it. That's a fact. If you look at Legendary, that's a lot of black people on there from uh, contestants to the judges. A lot of black people on that that are gay and everything else. You see, uh, God, what is it? More black people are now starting to accept. Yes, if you would have came out Little Nas X in the early 2000s, I would say you have a you have a legitimate gripe. You have a gripe to say what you want to say and say all these type of things about black people having a problem with homophobia and all this type of stuff. If you came out in the early 2000s. But now, here... That homophobia-ness is starting to go away and die down. You had everybody literally chanting for you when you were an old town road type of person. People going to say, well, Joe, nobody knew about sexuality then. Nobody cared. Okay, and then when the sexuality came out, nobody cared then. We were like, all right, cool. Matter of fact, you were on the BET Awards last year. You were straight up doing everything else, and you ended up kissing two dudes at the end of it. And people were in shock and awe because that was the first time, I think, in BET on, like, on performance-wise, two dudes kissed each other. That's a thing. So you made history on that. Little Nas X, you are not being a sacrificer and just trying to be like, oh, your thing. No, dude, your album wasn't great. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. You have probably had what? You probably had a couple joints, what? Somebody Love, which was on Taco Bell, like, commercials, and I liked that song and I liked the music video that you brought along with it. It really brought everything together. I like that. Um Industry Baby, you and Jack Harlow, that one was a nice beat to it and everything else. That was a hit and a smash. So cool. And then you with uh Montero. Didn't really like the music video because the whole Satan lap dance and I understand people gonna say, well going to gay being gay and going to hell. So he went to hell and took over. Yeah, whatever. I get it, it was symbolic and all this type of stuff. I get it, cool, fine, whatever, the imagery imagery and artsy, whatever. Those are probably the only three songs on your album that were actually good. And your album has how many songs on it? I just looked it up. Your album was 15 records on it. And let me tell you something, you were the first person because you had a whole lot of funny businesses on your uh, building up to your Montero album debut. You had a whole lot of funny things. You were pretending like you were pregnant. You did a whole media, like a whole campaign on the whole thing. And did you ended up birthing out the album and all the type of stuff you were playing around and doing all the type of stuff. People found you real weird at that. And hey, I didn't care because you know what I said? Hey, he's getting people's eyes to pay attention on him. And when his album comes out, he'll have a lot of people paying attention to his album. Me, I ended up paying attention to your album because I was heard about Industry Baby with the Jack Harlow thing, and I heard to uh, call me by my name, Montero, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll listen to his album and see how I uh, like it. And I literally waited up till 12 o'clock in the morning for your album to drop. I literally waited up to 12, and then once it dropped, I literally went to uh, YouTube, and I started listening to all your music, 
to see which ones I like. And I ain't going to front with you, homie. I was skipping them. And I tried to go through some of them. And I was like, okay, let me give a bit of it a doubt. Let me just hear a couple minutes of each one. And I'm like, nope, it's not hitting right. It's just not, it's not, it's not doing nothing for me. It's not doing nothing. So then I start going to your tracks that had like Doja Cat on it to see if that was good. I was like, nope, that's not good. Uh, I went to your one with Megan Thee Stallion. I didn't feel on that one. I went to your one with Elton John. I thought, oh, okay, cool. Still nothing for me. People might say, well, Joe, it's just not for you. You're right. It might not just be me. It might not just be for me. But I, it just wasn't the situation. It wasn't it. And I understand you guys got a whole lot. You got a lot of great reviews about it. So who am I to say that your album wasn't good? But for me, personally... I didn't like your album. So I can see why BET probably didn't pick your album or pick you to be included in certain situations. It's not that you're not a good musician. Trust me, you've proven it over and over again with your uh, situation. With everything going down, you're able to really outsmart and outwit a lot of people. Be this troll and do everything that you want to do online and everything else. I get it. But you can't just say F BET because you're not nominated. No, you can't, but you just can't start saying that black community have a problem with homophobia and everything else, I'm going to risk it all. Dog, cut it. Black people are now more, and I mean really more, on the side of, you know what, hey man, we don't care, bro. You do what you do. Do what you do over there. We don't care. You gay? All right, cool. Well, whatever. And ain't the early 2000s where rappers would be like, oh my God, you're gay. Get out of here. We banish gay people out of the rap community. We banish you out of... No. It's no longer that. And... Dog, you just got to relax, bro. You got to relax, okay? That's all I'm saying, man. Don't try to ostracize that because there's going to be certain people looking at you and be like, who are you talking about? You got a, There's a black community have a problem with gay people. Dog, again, if you would have brought this up in the early 2000s, I would agree with you hands down 100%. But this is now the early 2020s, specifically 2022. Dog, black community and the gay community were now trying to at least get to a point that we we are cool with each other. That's exactly where we're at. We're cool with each other. I'm like, all right, cool. So quit that, all right? Don't try to put more separation and do that. Don't. That's not cool. That's not right, man. That's all I'm saying. So just take this L for BT not nominating you. Just be all right with it, all right? And just suck it up and just make another album just to shove it down people's throat. And maybe next year you get nominated for a BT award. That's all I'm saying. Now, with that being said, let me get you guys out of here. My social media ads that you can find me at on Twitter, you can find me at my two cents pod on Instagram, my two cents podcast G2. Uh, email my two cents pod at yahoo.com. I really do appreciate if you email me again. I do put in the details of the episode, I put the national suicide hotline because, again, I want everybody to live. I don't want people to uh, try to kill themselves. I want people to live and know that they are loved and cared for. Please call that number up. I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Audible, Amazon Music, and Spotify, and all the other companies that have me uh, listed that people can listen to. I really do appreciate that because guess what? I appreciate you guys for listening to it, and I appreciate you guys for housing my stuff. So thank you for that. I want to thank you, the listeners, for downloading my uh, episodes every Saturday and every Sunday for listening to just a guy just basically rant and rave and basically tell you guys about the news on Sundays and wrestling on Saturdays. I really appreciate that. And always remember, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. 
I love you all. I thank you. Have a great Sunday. Please be safe. Please be careful. There are dickheads out on the road. So please be careful of people out here. And uh, please make it safe to your jobs and your destinations and back home. And with that being said, this has been My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. He is I and I am him. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. And with that all being said, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.